everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Women in Confidence podcast. In this episode, I'm chatting to a remarkable woman who exemplifies the power of resilience and personal growth. And my guest this week is Kat Benz, who is a freelance marketing manager known for her proactive, creative and highly collaborative approach. With an extensive background spanning various sectors, including real estate, energy, defense and consultancy. But what makes her story truly inspiring and why I've got her on today is not just her professional achievements. Life has thrown Kat its fair share of ups and downs. And it was during one of these challenging moments that our paths crossed. So I know Kat from my time in the UK. And a few years ago, she embarked on a journey to enhance her confidence and sought guidance from me. And thanks to our mutual friend, Emma Jo, for connecting us. So hello, Kat, and welcome to the Women in Confidence show. And thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. All right. So as you have listened to some of my episodes, you you know the drill. So what what does having confidence mean to you? Well, I thought about this question a lot and I listened to quite a few of the answers that your previous guests have done. I thought, what does confidence look to me? What what does it what does good look like? And I think for me, confidence is the ability or the when you do something for it to be okay that you fail. So no matter what the outcome is, if you fail, if you succeed, if it's not what you want, you're still going to stand there at the end and be like, actually, it's okay. And I think for me, that's really important because obviously you and I have done sessions before on working on my confidence. And I was thinking back to when my confidence was actually at its lowest. And I think the first thing you made me do was that that list of 100 things that I needed what was I good at? And I remember going, I'm really good at reversing my trailer. And I actually think about that every time I reverse my trailer. I'm like, I'm amazing at this. And I think about that person there who didn't have any resilience and was really worried about failing. And therefore, my confidence was really low. So actually, now, um, I wouldn't say my confidence in everything is exuding and massive. But in, in most situations, I'm happy to actually put my neck out there a bit fail and still be like actually that was the correct decision I did at the time and I'm confident enough to back it up it might be wrong and I'll put my hand up and say do you know what that was wrong but it's the confidence to stand there and be like it doesn't matter what the outcome is because I'm still Mm. still going to be here so give me an example then of something that you have failed at recently and you're like yeah okay I own that and I've learned from it god it's almost a daily occurrence um I think a really good one yesterday was yesterday actually when um I we were doing a a demo which we've never done before um it's with a couple of um third parties and they at a facility that we haven't really done it before and it was a little thing about handing in paperwork and also discussing with facilities we're doing this and this and this and this. And I remember rocking up yesterday and everyone being like, oh God, well, we haven't done it correctly. And I was like, no, 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 we did. And here is everything that I did to mitigate that. But then uh, there was one document that I didn't, that wasn't handed in. And ultimately, though it it might not have been my bag to do it, I was inevitably the, the bod in charge. So it did fall on me. So I did put my hand up and be like, do you know what? No, I'm, it wasn't correct. There we go. This is the situation. I'm sorry, I'll rectify it now. And even though that seems really, really small, actually, it was very impactful for the people that we were there. And I think it was okay to fail about it. So this morning, like, well, I woke up at three, four and five thinking about this um, this document 
and um it's right asked for help got it submitted all good but even though it seemed quite minor that was it was a pretty stressful yesterday <laughs> i also tried rectifying it with donuts because i thought actually <laughs> that might just make everyone smile so i turned up with 20 custard creams which was quite good actually did it work <laughs> when <all else> <laughs> um did it work no probably not i think i ended up just having a really fat day instead <laughs> um but yeah it was it was one of those where it's definitely a learning curve um we've not done it before i mean i work for one web it's a little startup not a little startup it's 500 people but the mentality and what we're doing is so cutting edge that it is a startup we do do things wrong and we do learn from them we're quite nimble and agile um so it's okay you just you just got to own it and be like you know it happens but when your confidence is really low that's really difficult to do and you just feel like the world's falling around you so rewind then probably about three years when we did chat we were chatting about your confidence and you know where you were in your life could you describe what your confidence was like at that point yeah of course I think that's one one of the reasons why I thought it'd be nice to come on this podcast is kind of go through that journey because I may not be a, a CEO or yet may not be a CEO. Exactly. But, That's a confident um, woman speaking. <laughs> no, but I'm really proud of the, where we've been. So I remember the first conversation we had, um, I burst into tears. I just couldn't, I just couldn't do my job. And my, I remember um, I had the most incredible boss, Tim, who's um, a former Royal Marine. And he, I remember getting to the point where I couldn't even write an email. I had to get him to check it. And that was one of the catalysts for wanting to do um, some of your leadership um, parts, because I just I just felt like I just couldn't do it. Um, and everything I was doing, I just I couldn't back up what I was doing. I was second guessing all the marketing that I was doing. And I remember just feeling like the world was absolutely imploding on me. I mean, that was that was various. That was personal I lost my grandfather who was like my dad he brought me up um because my mum's got learning difficulties and he had passed away um in 2019 so I was dealing with that and then there was lockdown and then there was um my relationship ending and then work was just so difficult as well on top of that that was a startup and that was a really difficult environment to be in that was definitely a making of me because I feel like I learned so much from that but it was so difficult so Three years ago, I was in a really difficult place. I was on antidepressants. I, my dis, everything was just so difficult. And I remember talking to my doctor going, I'm just not coping. I'm not sleeping. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. And her going, I was just waiting for this cat. <laughs> you seem to be coping really well. And then I wasn't. And like grief for me, um, it was the initial shock, which I had. And then it took ages to make, me to realize oh my god I'm not okay and pair that with a working environment that you that I had in the startup where it was really high pressure high intense and I honestly I couldn't I couldn't write an email and I'm normally really bubbly and enthusiastic and I remember just freaking out about putting anything on LinkedIn anything on LinkedIn and then that all happened you know I ended up um signing myself off for two weeks for mental health which for me as a really confident person you know my background when I was at school I was lacrosse captain I was head of my house I I did all of that I exuded confidence um but actually when I looked at my career I wasn't particularly confident I was a geologist 
and I enjoyed it, but I don't think I was ever particularly good at <laughs> good at it. I then became an estate agent, which is probably one of the first foundations of me going, actually, I'm really good at talking to people. Um, and that was one of the best decisions I made was to become an estate agent. Like geology was great. I learned a lot. I'm really good. If I if you take me on a walk, I generally <laughs> can give you some fun facts. And I had again, I've been really blessed with amazing bosses. David was one of my boss there and he taught me a lot about about progression like how can I describe it was it personal progression when you do your six months review and your yearly review appraisals so he taught me a lot Mm. about that and we still talk about it when um the stuff I do right now but being an estate agent when I um worked for Henry Adams and I remember just learning how to sell if I if you can sell a cup you or you can sell a car and if you can sell a car then you can sell satellites or whatever so and that really gave me the confidence but then it was when I moved and my confidence then really, really kind of got sh- shook. But and then on top of it, I remember the day I got made redundant. So I came back from sick leave and I got made redundant. My um, We were homeless. <laughs> so my, so really, I was really grinding. And I think, again, I spoke to you probably like a day later or the day I got made redundant. Because we were selling my grandfather's home because he had a massive equity release on it. So I was buying somewhere else. And actually the whole buying process, like, thank God I worked for Henry Adams. I knew, and I was buying through Henry Adams. They really looked after me. And, but the, like the day, and then it, I remember going, what the hell am I going to do? And I got a message from the, my solicitor going, you've exchanged. And I was like, okay, well, at least that's sorted. But I had nowhere to go because the chain wasn't lining up. And the beauty of social media, I put online, and I remember riding my old horse, just crying while riding, like going, oh my God, I've got to move my ex my mum two chickens at the time I'm just one dog and I was like where the hell are we gonna go I remember a friend going hey don't worry I've got a um a holiday cottage which is one of the most magical places ever it's small so we moved in I put everything in storage moved in the chicken stayed with the friends um but the cat the dog my mum and my ex moved to this tiny place which was probably I don't know under 100 square feet but right on the coast and that's where I kind of started to rebuild some of my confidence. Um, I remember going there just in tears and like shaking and really my anxiety was so high. Um, and I remember her going, I'll give you a week. In a week, you'll be feeling fine. And it was true. I remember um, feeling more myself. So and then kind of used that as a catalyst for for building what I've got now. So that's probably where I was three years ago. So in that time then... What do you think has really shifted for you? What, what, well, I guess what work have you done to really build your confidence and what shifted the most for you? And perhaps talk about that. Um, so I think I'd love to say it's like a silver bullet. So if you're feeling really low and you're listening to this, like what, what exactly did I do? Well, I think I listened to, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I just, I'm a big advocate of Elizabeth Day's How to Fail, which is probably what influenced my um, my statement right at the beginning about what is confidence. And it was actually, and I did lots of counselling and we did lots of sessions and, and you don't have to do that, but it was understanding that it was okay to fail. And so many people have failed, so many. Um, the, the only example that I gave right at the you know, what did I fail recently? Well, that one document, well, that's probably very trivial, but I mean, I've crashed and burned hundreds of times, like catastrophically. Um, and that has had major like 
family impact you know it's part of the reason my failure is why my my first my major relationship ended like an absolutely amazing man and I screwed up and then that that ended ultimately right decision we're still really good friends so I think for me what did I do it was it was also just taking that time being made redundant though really sucking it was actually going okay I am failing I'm recognizing that and it's okay um I really need to look after myself and I and I because I had that break even though horrible at the time was actually a huge movement for me for the first time I didn't have a job I didn't have a job to go on to I was living in this tiny little place but I think I just I took the time I started um riding out racehorses took something off my bucket list giving a little bit more structure and then really going okay what what am I doing making a plan taking some time to myself um allowing myself to feel which is such a wishy-washy thing and I can just hear everyone going oh yeah whatever this is this is just stupid but actually for me I very rarely stand still and so it was going it's okay to fail I'm allowed to look after myself for a little bit I'm going to do things I enjoy so I'm going to go ride out some racehorses and learn how to do that and actually doing that and going you're not bad at it actually I mean I wasn't amazing I was absolutely not amazing but I was good enough that I didn't I was asked back and that in itself was really good and I did it for I think I did it for two years in the end or 18 months and that was just a little thing so it's little things that were giving me confidence and people going who were away from my old work away from everything and going actually Kat you're you're not bad at that and then from that it gave me confidence to go actually I might even though I've never dreamt of being a freelance before because I was like well what the hell can I offer I was doing doing work with with Tim and, and we're going right what can I offer? what can I do to get my I need to get myself out of this hole I need to start earning some money so while I was applying for jobs um, I started doing a little bit of freelancing and it was things like my friend Essie who's got a horse rug laundry business so if you're in Devon and you need need your rug sorted out she Essie Laundry that's the one I'm doing loads of shout outs in this one but <laughs> everyone who's helped me on this journey it's really important so so uh, Essie was like please can you build me a website and I thought oh god right okay yeah sure let's let's give it a go and so I built I built her it was on you know she didn't have a huge budget she had a couple of hundred quid so I was like all right for a couple of hundred quid I'll build your website we'll do some words and her website I have to say I'm really proud of it and it was like a little win for me but there weren't wins all the way when I started freelancing I remember doing some work and I just didn't get on with the well I did get on with the um client as a person she was great just working wise we but we just didn't it didn't work out and that's okay I, just, I walked away from that thinking actually that wasn't that wasn't quite a reflection completely on me so that's fine and then I remember I, I would say that the, all of these little things I did so the rising out the sudden moving moving my whole family to this new house and the first day moving in and the sink was <laughs> leaking and actually doing all those things and and I negotiated down on the house because the roof was buggered all those little wins made me feel okay and then I remember the the pinnacle was I was offered a job with um, a defense company um, to do their to do their marketing in the UK and at that point I, I turned it down so that was a really solid job with a really big company and they liked me and I was um, head, pretty much I was headhunted for it. And that made me feel really good. I mean, I was also asked to go um, and do an interview for BAE 
and I'm happy to name that because I think I think they we all just accepted that I wasn't the right fit even though Ollie Morton who was the guy that got who got me through the door and I love him and he's great when I was doing the interview and suddenly my dogs erupted in barking and behind me was my queen ostrich lamp and I remember looking I think they looked at me like what the hell is this like this is very out there person and I looked at them and I was like yeah I am a bit out there and this might not be the right fit so that was fine so that was the pinnacle and then I got because of my work that I'd done with DSCI before and actually um EJ who hopefully should come on the podcast she's amazing with her with her PR she submitted all the work that we did for our old company for for Subsim and put it to a PR agent and it got shortlisted and again that was one of those things where I was like I look back and when okay the people who I worked with didn't see the value in what I was doing fine that's you know ultimately a few years later I can see that but actually I was so proud of it like we got their vessel into Forbes we had such a buzz around so much we were doing in the defense industry that it was a catalyst for me doing stuff but I had to have that break and have that time away and have those mini wins in order to look back and be like actually I was really good at it I did a really good job and all of that pain and angst I then just funnel into my work and it was the reason why I got picked up by OneWeb to do DSCI because being a startup it was all very last minute and then again it was a win they saw the value in me so yeah that's probably a very long convoluted answer but that would probably be what I was if someone was in a similar situation to what I was in it's do some easy wins Mm. do something that you enjoy and also with those easy wins recognize that they're they're on a pathway so you, and actually take them for what they are you know that they're not going to change your life in that moment but they're moving no. towards that and they're adding to that bank of positivity and confidence and all those sorts of things but I want to go back to something you said and it, it was so powerful and it was about allowing yourself time to feel and because yeah. your life is busy and my life's busy often busy people or people with you know sort of a type personalities who are high achieving probably harsh on themselves if they don't achieve often don't take time to feel because yeah well we don't take time for one thing to do anything <laughs> but but do and we're action focused but um that time to feel is really important and I mean do you still take time out now to feel and have emotions I think I'm very much more self-aware I still suffer with anxiety you know I was still so I um, do the marketing and I do leadership support, which I still like go, how am I a person to it? But I do it for um, Old Wicks Addery in Chichester. And I love that place. But there have been times where things have need correcting or, you know, I, it, it's things that like I can be a bit brash sometimes and, and I can be, I can't, I don't read the room. And so I can be a bit hard. And then I actually will then be going back and I'm like, oh, right, I need to do this or I need to do something. And I, I still get anxiety, even like I can feel it at the bottom of my stomach. And it's just, it's recognising that and it's okay. And so I do, probably I go for walks with my dogs. I will ride my horse, which sometimes is an absolute manic failure uh, when she bucks me off. But again, it's, it's one of those things where you ask for help and you put foundations in place to make sure you do succeed. So I probably don't do it as much as I like to, but I still... I recognize more because I can see it more in myself and I have probably more of a self-understanding from going absolutely to the rock bottom. Um, and my panic attacks were huge. My 
I was waking up during the night. I had to medicate myself to go to sleep. I had to have these antidepressants. And being that level of numb, and actually that in itself was something. Anyone who's come off antidepressants, I wasn't on a huge dose. But I remember I came off too quickly, <laughs> which resulted in a panic attack in the middle of um, Lugershaw or was it Tidworth, whatever the big Tesco is in between those two barracks. I had a massive panic attack. In, and I laugh about it because you either laugh or cry. I was, I was, and I remember going up to the lady in Tesco and I was like, I am, and I was really honest. And actually, I think she really liked my honesty because she had been through a similar thing. I was like, I've come off my antidepressants too quickly. I'm on the verge of having a panic attack. Um, I feel so emotion sick. And she went, we can't help you go to the pharmacy. So I did. And I got an emergency transcript over of my um, antidepressants and that, that helped. But that being on antidepressants, I was actually talking with a friend yesterday who's currently on them. It gives you such a numb that you forget to feel. And then you suddenly come back into reality and then you do feel. And then it's managing those emotions again. So I know when I'm feeling anxious and then I have to do things to try and mitigate it. You know, that that thing my friend Tash did it when she was in Malawi doing some women in confidence stuff is that infamous power stance. And you look at oh, people yeah, and you go, that, that's not working, is it? Oh, yeah, Tash was on the podcast. Um, you look at it and you go, that's not going to work. That's just that's ridiculous, isn't it? But actually standing there and I find I find I'll put on I'll put on some makeup, um, which is a com- is a thing for me because I feel like I, I it's something that makes me feel confident. Um, I might put on a, a different jumper and I'll I'll. As long, if I'm, I feel confident and I will just be like, right, well, if I act confident, it will, my body will catch up <laughs> and nothing's ever as bad as you, you know, nothing is ever going to be hopefully touch wood as bad as being redundant, homeless, um, my partner and I splitting up, um, and having not much money in your bank account and, and my mum absolutely depending on me. And you look at, and I was like, I've been through that. So hopefully, you know, there are bigger disasters out there but hopefully they will I will navigate away from those but I've been through that so I can I can handle most things so I just have to remind myself that I've done that um and dog walk and riding and 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 stuff like that or even I make I have a bath every night which is a huge luxury I know but every night I go for a bath and I'll sit there and I'll and I'll watch things that make me happy so um I'm I like watching people enjoy their work so there's two things I love watching on YouTube and it's the hoof GP which is a guy who does cow hoof trimming and now everyone's gonna be like that's left wing and out there <laughs> but it's honestly he loves what he does and I've, wa- I've watched it ever since actually since I got made redundant and he loves what he does and he does it so fascinating and if people just like listening to angle grinding and suddenly there'll be a um, an infection pour out it's just great I love it and he's so enthusiastic so he's a good one and the um the sheep game and then and he does sheep and I have to say it's just watching people really enthusiastic having a bit of a fail having a bit of a laugh and being so honest I just I love it so I'll shove that on in the evening have a glass of wine and actually that's another thing with the wine. I love having a glass of wine and I find so many people go oh no I don't drink during I used to be like that I don't want to drink during the week um but actually I really enjoy a tiny little thimble of wine in the bath and that just it makes me happy so mm. I just make sure I, I run a little bit more and have a an extra carrot or something at night because <laughs> you're a very accomplished sportswoman as well I mean you talked a bit about riding but I mean I know because I know you but you know talk about <laughs> your other sports my other sports um 
I see I would this is a confidence I would never there are I would never say I'm an accomplished sports person but I think I've done I'm I, I suppose compared to an average person I've done quite well the sport that I first fell in love with riding set where I can go into that differently was lacrosse and I was not a natural lacrosse person at all my god I I have a lazy eye which if anyone look everyone's going to meet me now and be like oh is that eye wandering um it doesn't want it doesn't want <laughs> but I don't have very good depth perception which I realized when I was in a I was in a 3D film and I couldn't see the 3D because my brain works out 3D differently, which my partner always um, says is because that explains some of my interesting parking, but not with the trailer. That's I'm awesome with the trailer. So I was really self-taught with lacrosse. I just really enjoyed it. And I remember, and I still remember this, my lacrosse coach at the time, we were sitting in ASK or Ask in Hazelmere and it was our first team's, we were just before nationals, and they were changing captain. And I remember sitting there going, oh, I was not even oblivious. And she was, oh, captain's cat. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was never that good. But I was, I think she just enjoyed my enthusiasm. That was, that was amazing. And I remember the coach was like, Amy, I can't remember her surname, but she was awesome. She was American and I loved her. And then that went on to university. And at university, if you've played lacrosse at school and then you play at university, generally, depending on the university. So I went to Royal Holloway that didn't have a massive pool of people who played before. So immediately I ended up becoming women's lacrosse captain there. And that was a huge learning curve. I think I learned a lot about people management there. I think there are some people that probably listen to this and be like, I was an absolute witch. Um, And there were some decisions. I remember storming out of interview session because I didn't like the person that was replacing me. And that was completely wrong. And I look back and I think, why was I like that? The person who overtook me was such a good captain. She probably was better than me. She was a much better player than me. But I just felt that I was I was right and they were wrong. So that was something I had such a trivial thing. But I always look back and go, oh, I was an absolute cow. But I did that and I, I trial. I remember <laughs> turning up to South of England trials with my granddad who bought me sandwiches because we were a little little duo. Anyone who knew us, we would always end up rocking up together. I remember turning up and trialing and I didn't get in. And I thought, oh, well, but then they called me up a week later and went, actually, we will we will put you in the team. Um, not that I ever played for them because I ended up doing my master's in geology and just um, going around the world to Africa and that was good and then I coached lacrosse for a bit in Chichester but I then found myself that lacrosse is one of those things where if you're London-based it's great if you're not London-based so at the time I couldn't play so I ended up playing for Midhurst Netball Club and I didn't have a horse at the time so it was like my only sense of being really competitive and I got my mum to play um because it was a just a nice thing for her to do to move around and she never played netball before and she was absolutely terrible and she still is not great and from that I had to I had to be competitive because that's who I was so we this was before back to netball and stuff like that so we found a couple of local clubs to play against I think and then I ended up meeting two other people a lady called Penny and Jilly and we thought well actually there's no league in Chichester so why don't we just do it and I remember going to Jilly's house and we ended up just on scraps of paper while eating her really good chestnut soup and this was 10 years ago yeah probably around 10 years ago god we 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 made this league we made the Chichester netball league and it started with like six people well, not six, six teams. And one of the, we had two Midhurst teams. And I remember actually, I, I mentioned EJ earlier, we only met and got close um, because I was a centre and she was a goal attack. And the other, the, the lady who ran Midhurst was, was a goal attack. 
and she wanted to play with the other centre, probably because she was better than me. So EJ and I got thrusted together, and that was 10 years ago, and now she's going to be a bridesmaid for me at my wedding. So, and then we play every Thursday and well, in term time. And I, have to, I do, I do stop and I think actually, because I've, I'm now, I'm now the Uro Nuno. I'm, I'm the chair, the, is it chairman? I can't remember what my title is. Oh, it doesn't matter. I look after everything. And, and that's still a learning club because we're trying to now take it from a, we are registered with England netball, but all our policies and procedures probably were a bit needing to lack, lacking a bit. So now we're trying to really use it as a catalyst to push forward. We've got new committee members and it's, it's awesome. I'm really, I have to say I'm really, I'm really proud of that. And I think it's also great because the club has grown. So my team flex a little bit. We've won quite a few times. Um, and then we, we, we didn't, <laughs> we had some teams that came in that absolutely rocks it. And Claire, who um, is on the committee now, who runs Chichester Netball Club, She's grown that from like four people to now. I think she said last night she's got 200 and nominated for coach of the year. So she's she joined the committee because she's enthusiastic and amazing. And, and you cut her bleed netball like it's amazing. So I hope it grows. I'm sure it will grow. And we, and we need to keep growing. We need to keep pushing and, and giving people. And my mum still pays. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday and, and I was like, I pretty much I got involved and wanted to found it because because of my mum. And she scored a goal last night. She missed three penalties, which she swore very loudly under her breath. But the team she plays for, like, they they, they like playing with her and, and they give her half a game and, and it's great. So that was netball. And um, I suppose the other sport would be for me was riding. And I, I, I did, I used to ride for a little riding cl- a school. And my grandfather was like, you're never having your own horse until you go to university. And I was like, wow, it's really unfair what you know <laughs> but at 21 I bought bought George who was an ex-racing thoroughbred and I'm looking at a picture of him there actually and he was a massive enter explosive like he was horrible to me <laughs> he fra- he cracked my pelvis he oh god he was just awful when you talk about a failure I remember late at night my dad my granddad sorry I'm calling my dad standing in a corner just because George wouldn't go into the corner because it was really scary so my dad would feed him peppermints to go in the corner I mean honestly it was you'd be at eight o'clock at night and he's trying to get him into the corner feeding peppermints and you just think oh my god I remember I was having a lesson with my instructor Russell and I couldn't get him over a cross pole and now that might be horsey people they'll get it like that is soul destroying but I took him from that and I got him up to effectively what is now a one star. So it was a little, inter- it was a little, it was an international. And we got round. That was good. Didn't think we would. <laughs> and on my, I think on my Instagram, there's a video of him because he was an ex steeplechaser. And I remember talking to Russell, like, what should I do on the steeplechase? And I spoke to my granddad who was in racing as well. And they were like, just go for it. And I was like, all right. So I sent it and George absolutely flew and there's such a funny video and then he broke he um he just his body just couldn't stand up to it and we I ended up retiring him and again actually really going back all the way to what we were talking about earlier about resiliency like failing and resiliency and all that George died through a car crash and that was mortifying for me like this was a horse that I had done everything with. He'd been there through my dad dying. He had been there through the redundancy. I had moved him. Love. I've made so many mistakes with George. Um, and he wasn't any, everyone's cup of tea, but he, I knew he, even though he didn't show it all the time, I'm going to try and bite me. Um, I knew he loved me because I would turn up and there'd be nickering and, and even, and he, 
he died and he I was at this amazing livery yard and he just made a poor decision and he broke free from me bolted into the road hit guy car and I found him um dying in the road and that was I broke down at that point and I'm and I'm not ashamed to admit that I I couldn't cope and I remember I my friend Jane bless her she took over and she dealt with all the vets and was frantically calling um them around and I just rang my my fiance and he came came running and I disappeared with my friend Kelly into the downs because that's my safe place and I remember speaking to my friend Tash and Tim because she rang Tim to say that it just happened and I said to Tash I was like that was George's decision to make that I I could have held on quicker I could have held on stronger but he was a 17 hand thoroughbred that decided to bolt I couldn't hold him and I went it hurts but you know, I gave him the best life and that was his decision. And, and also I, the, build, the amazing builders that were on the side there, they managed to grab him and then he bolted again. So Tash was like, I'm so shocked at your resilience. And like, don't get me wrong, it, it, it still hurts and it's still sad. But he, I had, because I'd been through so much, I knew my, my brain, there was an amazing one, House Fail on Elizabeth Day. There was one where there's a guy, I can't remember, and he calls his brain Becky. And Tash and I will always have conversations about our brains being Becky. And our brains are not always kind to us. So you have that little voice in the back of your head going, George, you could have held on harder. Like you put him in that situation and you did that. And I remember holding him as he was dying, apologizing to him. But actually, he. It was both of us and he he would have been awful to retire anyway. I said, I was talking to Tash and I was like, well, actually, you know, Becky's trying. She's giving it a good old go. And I didn't sleep for a few weeks. But afterwards, I was like, no, I'm I'm not dealing with that. I'm not laying that at my door. And I wouldn't have been able to do that three years ago. So back to that person who was crying on Zoom to you going, I can't I can't do anything. I'm just a terrible at not able to write an email and suddenly being able to do that. I was really proud of that. But then give it six months later, I'm riding um, my youngster who who is amazing, but she's a man or gelding. And again, anyone horse will be like, oh, God, cat, I feel for you. And I'm like, <laughs> she she bucked me off and sent me to hospital. She trampled me. And just the decision I stopped, decided to stop riding racehorses because I needed to. One web was getting busier. I carved out. There was a, a need for someone who specializes in government military marketing which I lead now, um, that was getting busier. I, I went from working two days a week to them to working five plus, plus, plus. Um, so I was like, right, the, the riding out, though I love it, is, is I can't do everything. So I put a line under that. And I was like, good, because January, <laughs> it was infamous. Yeah, and so I've, I really hit, like, I'm only just getting my confidence back and she's done it. She's amazing. She will be awesome. But I realised that I need I needed help with her because I just didn't, Though I've done it with George, I think I've lost a little bit of that self-belief that I can do it again. So I've re—I've placed myself with a guy called Jack, and he and I are kind of will work. Out, and he just said to me, in a, I'm not going to do the Irish accent." But he said, "Don't worry, Cat, we'll we'll get get you going well." And slowly, my confidence is coming up. But I would say that's probably what I need to really work on because my dream and my goal is to get to novice, which is like a meter ten, and that's on my bucket list. So watch this space. Oh, I'm sure you'll achieve it. I'm absolutely sure you'll achieve it because you've got so much drive. 
And you're prepared to put yourself into these situations as well, which is a confidence of sorts. You know, just getting back on a horse takes a lot of balls, really, to do that. I've fallen off many horses in my life and getting back on a horse and metaphorically as well, getting back on a horse yeah. is something that you're, <laughs> you're quite capable of doing. All right. So I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions that may or may not have something to do with confidence. So what book have you read in your life that has changed your life? Oh, what book have I read? Um that is really difficult um, because I love reading, but I don't read for self-improvement. I mean, I, I read a bit of Elizabeth Day's one and that was really good, but I would say the books that have changed my life. I would say the books that I most enjoy because that has an impact on my life. I really, really loved the, oh, it's I Am Number Four, that whole mini series. Um, and it's really, you know, I will put my hand up and say, I'd love, I've got amazing friends, which are really introduction. And I do have a defunct, it is a past, though it was a D in English literature. But actually, that was a failure that allowed me to go and do geology. So that was all right. Um, that series I loved. And so I'd say, if I was going to go back and re-listen to a series or read a series, it would be that. And that gives me loads and loads of enjoyment. And the Percy Jackson series, actually. Okay. So if you were baking a confidence cake and you had to put three confidence ingredients into it, what would they be? Uh, chocolate. <laughs> no. um, what three things? I would say um, resilience, um, self-awareness, and I would say humour. Because I think with those three things you've got the resiliency you've got that self-understanding because you don't cause you see so many times and I I don't mean this in a, a derogative way to the other sex but you know you get those guys which are overconfident they've got no self-awareness and it's bankers they're all bankers <laughs> and um and if you don't have the self-awareness you can't read the room you can't be you can't be efficient and I think humor humor helps in so many things for me so that would be for me all right and then my final question what's your favorite word I've got so many inappropriate things here on my head, um, but it's seven in the morning. <laughs> Keep so that's it clean. Not... <laughs> my favorite words, I would say, and actually I'm going to quit my dad. It would be home um, because no matter what happens and home is not always, it's not always four walls. Yeah. Again, all those people probably rolling their eyes at me. Um, home is what you make. And it's my safe place. It is my, my queendom. And it's a lovely word and it brings so much emotion home. You know, what is home? Home for me is is my family, which is very small and consists at the moment, three dogs, three chickens, two horses and a cat, my fiance and my mum and my aunt who's moving over, obviously. So home. All right, Kat. So what's your one piece of advice then for anybody who's listening and they just think I want to build my confidence? I would say my one bit of advice, if you're feeling like you can't do anything, do something that you're going to succeed at. Do, do, I know, do that hundred things you're good at that you made me do. That I think is, and it, I think it could be anything like reversing a trailer. I think do that, like that is such a good exercise. And it, and even if you do five a day, I think is what you told me or four, whatever, you'll, you'll soon realize actually I'm, you're awesome. Everyone's awesome. So that would be, I would say, go and do that. Okay. And do you still have that hundred list? I do. And I still have the initial bit of paper on a scrap bit of paper in my office 
where I decided to freelance and I took the name. <laughs> so my, my company is called Penterbury, which is what I freelance under, but mainly it's, it's one web that I work for. And Penterbury is actually the name of my granddad's company. So it was a, um, it was an arms dealing company, which always made me laugh. It was really legal. It wasn't exciting. Everyone's like, oh my God, was it war dogs or whatever it is? It wasn't. We had, it was the most boring job ever and the most paperwork and the police over and, and everything. But he's always said, he closed the company. So if you ever need it, Penterbury. So uh, it was a natural, it was always going to be the name. And um, so I, I have the hundred lists of things I was good at. And I had Penterbury, what, what I remember writing it with Tim on Teams. What exactly can I offer and achieve? So I've got those two bits of paper oh. stuffed in a drawer. That's amazing. All right, Kat. Well, listen, thanks very much for being on the show and for telling everybody your stories and, you know, talking about your journey. Because, it, you know, it's some of those things we don't talk about enough, I don't think. I mean, I know we've got this podcast, but things like antidepressants and, you know, hitting some, you know, redundancy, hitting some hard times, we just don't talk about very much. And this is why I love guests who come on the show and they're really honest and they share their journeys. I think it's really, really important we carry on these conversations. Thank you. No, you're welcome.